0: Hello and welcome to the Enjoy Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope this message empowers, equips, and helps you become everything God has called you to be. Enjoy the message. So I've got a word for you this morning that's been brewing in my heart. And I I didn't know where I was going to preach it. I didn't know where it was going to go, but now I know. And so why don't we pray this morning? Is that okay? Holy Spirit, we welcome you here this morning. We are in awe of you. We thank you for your sweet and powerful presence. Father, have your way in our hearts today. Lord, we declare today will be a day of miracles. We declare today will be a day where you break through, where you make a way into our situations. Open our eyes this morning. Open our ears as you speak to us, as you prompt us, as you encourage us, as you inspire us. Lord, open our hearts to you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, church, the title of my message this morning is Jesus Legacy. Jesus Legacy. Who is excited about 2023 and the theme of our church, which is legacy? And so this morning, I I wanted to talk about this this theme of legacy. But I want to talk about the greatest legacy of all time, that the one that's left for us, the one that's been given to us, and the one that is still very much available to us The legacy of Jesus. Can you get a little excited in the house this morning? Did you know that Jesus left you a legacy? But it's still alive. It's still here. Do you believe that Jesus came to change your life? Does anyone say amen to that? Good. This morning, we're going to step into a very powerful example of Jesus' legacy, where a man's life, the life of his family, and possibly the generations beyond, we change changed because of the legacy of Jesus. Is there anyone courageous enough here who knows and acknowledges that they need change in their life? If I could put both hands up and both feet up at the moment, man, I would do it because I need change in my life. So I want us to go to the, the book of Luke in chapter 19. Is that okay? It'll come up on the screen, but if you've got your Bibles or iPhones or whatever you use, scrolls, I'm not sure if anyone still uses scrolls. Mario, do you still use a scroll, bro? You probably do because you are so Christ-like. We know that. But let's go to the chapter 19 and we're going to begin at verse 1 and we're going to read through to verse 10. Are you ready? This is a great piece of scripture. The Bible says this, Jesus entered Jericho and he's made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector in the region and he had become very rich he tried to get a look at Jesus but he was too short to see over the crowd I know how he feels I know what that's like so he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road for Jesus was going to pass that way when Jesus came by he looked up at Zacchaeus and he called him by name Zacchaeus he said Come down, I must be a guest in your home today. And Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and he took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He is gone to be, he's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated people of their taxes... I will give them back four times as much. And Jesus responded, "Salvation has come into this home today. For the son of man has shown the, sorry for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who were lost. Can you get excited about that scripture? Now I like this guy Zacchaeus. I'm thinking that we're probably about the same height." Just a little under six foot. Well, maybe a little bit further than that, if you know what I mean. Maybe a little bit over five foot. But I like this guy, but I really love what God is doing in his world. The legacy of Jesus is literally being poured out over this family as Jesus enters their house. But it's being poured out in the form of salvation. And that family, mainly due to the lifestyle of Zacchaeus, had a one-way ticket heading to destruction. But Jesus comes into their home and into their lives and he rescues them from that death sentence. Church, we're able to receive the same. Upon believing Jesus, we have been saved from the consequences of the sin of our life. You know that, don't you? We have been spared from our mistakes and our shortcomings because of this wonderful gift of salvation, the incredible legacy of Jesus. But I, can I say to each of you that saving you from the consequences of your sin is only part of this incredible legacy. There is something invaluable that you've possibly forgotten. There is something precious that you may be unaware of. But let me remind you, let me inform you that another part of the legacy of salvation is healing. Did you hear that? It's healing. Another another wonderful part of this legacy of Jesus and salvation is that of healing. I mean, we would describe salvation as being saved, wouldn't we? That's how we would describe it. But the word used in the Greek language for salvation is soteria. Now, if Ziggy was up here, he would do a much better job at pronouncing that than I am. He would have his hands moving you would be covered with liquid, it would be amazing. (laughs) He wouldn't hold back. So you've got to put up with my pronunciation this morning. But here's what's amazing about this word, this word "soteria." It also has the same meaning for the word healing. So did you know that the word salvation means life-saving but also life-healing? Can you get excited about that? So in this story, you can see it, in this story, we we clearly see the saving of a family, don't we? But the healing of this family is possibly less obvious to you. And if you were to look at this story again, I mean, there's no indication that Zacchaeus is a sick man. I mean, he, he, he's a brother that climbed the tree. He was a brother that jumped down from the tree. He was a brother that ran with Jesus to his house. He's a pretty... Pretty fit and healthy brother. And if you were to take a closer look at myself, you could see that I have no real indication of sickness. I mean, I look fit, maybe a couple of kilos overweight after Christmas. But I'm generally pretty healthy. I mean, you could, if you came and you had a close look, you could not see any sickness on me at all. I mean, I have no aches or pains, except when I get home from the golf course. And the aches and pains start to come out. It's like we've run a marathon. But we've actually driven around the golf course in a golf cart. And I come home and I'm squeaking and I'm creaking and I'm moaning. And I get no sympathy from my family. There is no pastoral care in the Reeves household. Like none. I'm over it now. It's okay. But there's nothing. I mean, I got home the other day, there was a, there was a, a bottle of WD-40 at where I normally sit for dinner. <laughs> they were going to lubricate me because I was squeaking and creaking that bad. But seriously, church, I, I've not really experienced any great severe physical sickness. I, I've not experienced disease or great pain or been in hospital for a prolonged period of time. And I, I know I know, for some of our dear brothers and sisters here, this is a reality for you every day. You know what it is to experience pain. You know what it is to experience disease. And I couldn't begin to understand what your day looks like, what you're faced with. But, but if I'm honest with you, I have experienced a sickness and it, it's not necessarily obvious to you and sometimes it hasn't been obvious to me either. It's a sickness of my heart. Not my physical heart, but my emotional heart. The Bible talks about this and it refers to this condition in Proverbs. It says this in Proverbs thirteen twelve. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Another version says this, when hope is crushed, the heart is crushed. But a wish come true fills you with joy. See, church, for me, the, the sick heart that I'm referring to is, is when I've been longing for something important, yet it doesn't come. I've been believing in prayer for something vital, yet it remains unanswered. However, what does come is disappointment. What does come is, 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 my, is myself finding myself disheartened, I, I, I become discouraged. And at times defeated. And if I'm really honest with you, I'm a little confused at what God's doing or not doing. And for me, I've got to tell you that that a sick heart is something that has caused me great despair. A hopelessness within within my heart. And sometimes it it feels quite tormenting. And we can literally carry sickness in our heart for years and not actually be aware of it. What's crazy, this is what I, what, what's been messing with me is what, what is crazy is that you can carry joy and sickness of heart at the same time. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, one day you will wake up and you are upbeat. And then a couple of days later, you'll wake up and you're beat up. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm just being honest with you. That's, that's what it's like. That is, that is when you carry joy and sickness in your heart at the same time. But what, what sets Jesus apart from simply being a teacher was that he healed and it proved that he was the saviour. Amen. Can I say that Jesus still heals? Can I say that his legacy is alive? Can I say that his legacy is still operating? I mean, when, when Isaiah, when he prophesied this verse and he said, by his wounds we are healed, Jesus was not even born yet. So that, that word was not for then, or not just for then, that word was not just for when Jesus walked the earth, but it is for today. It is for you today. By his wounds, you are healed. Do, can, you, can you say amen to that? That is for us today. I mean, he heals the obvious. He heals the physical. He heals the relational. And he also heals the hidden, the disappointments. And the areas of despair in our life. So as I take a look at the, a closer look at the transformation of my new friend Zacchaeus, I'm prompted, and I look at this, and I see that he was saved by Jesus. That was obvious, but it would it would also seem that his sick heart was also healed by Jesus, as demonstrated by his changed behavior. I mean, we see a radical change in this brother. I mean, the Bible says this in in 1 Samuel 16. It says, people judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Now, this tells me, church, that the condition of our heart is of of great importance to Jesus. Great importance to Jesus, including the health of our heart. See, in, in the case of Zacchaeus, I'm suggesting that his heart over many years had become steadily polluted. You can see that by his actions of greed and dishonesty. I mean, they called him a notorious sinner. I'm not thinking that this guy's got a great heart, that he's got a well heart. But his actions, his, his behaviour caused him to be very, very rich, but also very, very sick. There's no doubt about that. But on that day, salvation came into his home. On that day, a sick family became a saved family. I don't know, church, where, where are you at today? Have you a sickness in your heart or a sickness in your life? I, I know a saviour that heals. His name is Jesus Christ. <laughs> and he doesn't just heal the physical, he heals the emotional. He goes to work in our heart if we let him. And he begins to mend it back together again. And he begins to, he, he begins to take on our disappointments and our discouragements. And those deepest longings that have not been satisfied yet. I want to give you three thoughts this morning regarding the legacy of Jesus. Is that okay? Cool. Am I pressing some buttons this morning? Are you doing well? Good. Our God is good, amen? The first thought that I have for you this morning is open the door of your heart. Open the door of your heart. You know, Zacchaeus opened the door of his house to Jesus. In doing so, he was also opening the door of his heart to Jesus. And you can see the transformation of the heart as Jesus is given access. The actions of Zacchaeus are the complete opposite of his past, simply because Jesus has being given access into his heart. Can I tell you, church, can I just be totally honest with you this morning? that what keeps my heart sick is shutting Jesus out of it. It's, it's, just, it's just true. It's just true. And I've, I've discovered something about myself in, re- in recent months. When my heart is sick, I shut its door. I shut its door. When hurt comes, I don't want to get hurt anymore, so I will close my heart. When betrayal comes, I don't want to get betrayed again, so I'll close my heart. When failure or mistakes come, and they do, I'm not going to look foolish again, so I'll close my heart. And when disappointments come, I'm not going to try again and feel humiliated and heartbroken again, so I'll close my heart. When disagreements come, you know disagreements, they come, don't they? where I'm not understood or I don't feel like I'm being heard or appreciated, I'll close my heart. But in closing my heart to others, I've also closed my heart to Jesus. That's the reality. That's, that's the reality. The Bible tells us, you know it in, in Proverbs 4.23, it says, to guard our hearts. I love that. But I, if I read my Bible, church, I've never seen anything that ever tells us to close our hearts. Does that make sense? It's just what, I, what, it's what I've read or haven't read. But Paul says this of Jesus in relation to the door of our heart. In Ephesians three seventeen I love this piece of scripture. It says, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Then Christ will make his home in your heart but we've got to trust him. Amen. We've got to trust him. So him making himself at home in our heart is conditional. There's got to be a trust of him. And then he can come in and he can begin to work on our hearts and he can b- begin to mend our hearts and he can begin to rebuild our hearts. Church, you know, we can, we can believe in Jesus but lose faith in Jesus. Can I encourage you simply with this? Trust your stuff with Jesus trust your stuff with Jesus trust it all the ugly stuff the hurtful stuff the shameful stuff the painful stuff trust it all with Jesus come on give it to him I I, I love I love my friends a kiss we're gonna have fun in heaven we're gonna be man same height I'm finally found a brother it's gonna be great I love it. He just threw it all out with Jesus. I've done this, I'm gonna, and I'm going to do this. You know, he just brought it all out. He didn't hide anything from Jesus. I love it. You know, bringing it out is letting him in. Bringing it out is letting him in. It is. You bring it out, he can come in. You close the door, he can't get in. If you surrender it, he can heal it. He can heal it if you surrender it. And that's a word for some of you today. Today, I believe that some of you are going to surrender some stuff yeah. that is not yours to keep, that is not yours to, to, not yours to, to be on your, on your shoulders. It's not yours. It's, it's his. If, he can, if you surrender it, he can heal it. I love what it says in Psalm 107. It says, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. When was the last time that you cried out to the Lord when you're in trouble? When was the last time? When I read this scripture, I had to think. And I couldn't remember the last time that I'd cried out to the Lord in my distress, at my sick heart, at my disappointed heart, at my sorrowful heart. I couldn't remember. But I've got to tell you, this week I've been doing it. I've been crying out to the Lord. Look what it goes on to say. It says, and he saved them out of their distresses because they simply cried out to the Lord. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Can I encourage from their destructions? Can I encourage you to trust Jesus with your stuff? Trust Jesus with your stuff. The second thought that I have for you this morning is simply this. Jesus responded. Church, you know, we do not have a quiet Savior. We don't have a quiet Savior. He, he doesn't sit in the corner just watching us live our lives, hoping that we'll do okay. He's not like that. I mean, he didn't have to say anything to Zacchaeus. I mean, his presence in his house would have been enough, wouldn't it? I mean, what would you do if Jesus came over for dinner? I mean, he he could just sit there and we would feed him. I mean, his presence would be fine. But he's not a quiet saviour. He's not a quiet God. He did respond. And it was powerful. And it was affirming and it was truthful and it was intimate and it was accurate and it was calculated. I mean, Jesus never wastes words. In fact, if you look carefully at the final words of this story, you will see that Jesus is lavish and he's generous and and he is so intentional in just two sentences. Let me read it again for you. Jesus responded. Salvation has come to this home today for the the man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. Church, if you stay close to him, you're going to hear him. You know, when I I am at my worst, when my heart is in such a sick state, I stop doing things. I, I just stop doing things. I stop listening. I stop engaging with the word. Like I'll go through it, but I'm just going through the motions. I'll stop worshipping him in a, in a genuine and authentic way. I'll just stop doing things and I'll move away. I, I don't know where you've stopped. Maybe you've, you've stopped being regular in church. Maybe you've stopped fellowshipping with people. Maybe you've stopped taking notes when Pastor Shane's preaching. I don't know. But I want to encourage you, church, run back to him. Run back to him. And as you do, you're going to hear him. I love that Zacchaeus ran. He ran to Jesus. He ran with him. Don't, don't run away from your salvation. Run to your salvation. You know, can, can I say for me that sometimes, sometimes my prayers are answered and those, those deep longings have been fulfilled. Sometimes that's, that's awesome. It just happens. You know, we have... We have longed for things for for ourselves and for our kids. I mean, on the front row is my beautiful daughter-in-law, Holly, and uh, I'm not sure where Johnny is. Are you guys having issues already, or what's the, I mean, I mean, it's only been three months. I mean, no, no he's, he's he's out the back there. But that was a deep longing for us to have a daughter-in-law like this girl. I mean, I, I walked the streets for 20 years praying for this girl, and I knew God was good, but man, He's really good. And that has been such a deep longing to see our boy meet the girl of his dreams. And it's been awesome. It's been awesome. But can I also say for me that sometimes my prayers and my longings remain unanswered. But still my wounds are healed and soothed. They're still healed and soothed. Either way, I get healed. Either way, we receive the legacy. Church, I want to say to you that Jesus wants to respond to you. Yeah, He knows your circumstances. He He knows the, the sickness within your heart, the disappointments and the discouragement. He knows that. But most of all, I see what He did with Zacchaeus. He responded to Him, and I want to say to you that Jesus wants to respond to you. But run to him, run to him. As the worship team comes, I've got, I got one more thought for you this morning. Is that okay? Yeah. Cool. I think I'm on time. This is amazing. It's a miracle. <laughs> the last thought that I have for you this morning, and I want to say to you that we're going to have a time of ministry and we're going to get to that. But my, the last thought that I have for you this morning is simply this Do you want to be healed? Come on, you've got to get a a little bit more enthusiastic than that. I mean, do you want to be healed? Surely not everyone in this place is totally 100% well. I found out in the last couple of months that I wasn't totally 100% well. On the outside, yes, but on the inside, no. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? Yeah. Do you want to be healed? You know, as I I read my Bible and I pay particular attention to the stories of healing, I find it so confronting when Jesus would, for example, encounter a blind man screaming at him and he would respond in this way. Let Let me read you the story out of Mark 10. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come up here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat. He jumped up and he came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Now, this is what I get confronted by, church. See, Jesus can clearly see that yet the, that the man is blind, and yet he asks him, what do you want me to do for you? I don't know about you. I don't know if you're a little offended by that, but I am. I'm a little offended. I'm a little confronted by that. I mean, if I was standing next to Bartimaeus and Jesus was there, I'd be like, Jesus, isn't it obvious that the brother is blind? I mean, come on. Isn't it obvious? And it is obvious. But the reason that Jesus asked the question is that he wants a faith response. Church, I want to say to you that he knows exactly what you are going through at the moment. He knows it. He knows it. Now, no one else may know it, but he knows it. He knows the deepest longings of your heart. He knows those, those biggest disappointments. He knows what's in front of you tomorrow. He knows what you're most anxious about. He knows it all. But he wants to hear it from you. Lord, I want to see. Lord, I want to be healed. Lord, I want breakthrough. Lord, I want my marriage restored. Lord, I want my kids back in church. Lord, I, I, he wants to hear it from you. Church, he needs a faith response. <clears throat> I, love, I love the response of Zacchaeus. I love his faith response. He gives half of his wealth to the poor. Now, I'm not suggesting that you need to go and pay anything or do anything. Like, and there's nothing like that. But I love the fact that he responded in faith. So my question for each of you today, those of you who currently carry some sort of sickness, whether it be physical, relational, financial, emotional, whatever it is, do you want the legacy that comes from the cross? Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be healed? Do you want that? Good. Why don't you close your eyes and bow your heads just for a moment. We're going to have a time of ministry in a moment but before we get there, I need to ask a question of two very, very important groups of people, two precious groups of people. Firstly, for those that don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity to respond this morning so that you can have a relationship with him simply so that you can claim your legacy. I also want to speak to that group of people that for whatever reason, you've just been away from Jesus. You've just been out of town. And it's been a while since you've been close to him. But I want to say to you that it's now time. It's now time for you to come back and claim your legacy again, claim your salvation again. The Bible says this, for the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. The reality is, is that we are all lost unless Jesus is in our lives. So if that's you today, I want you to place your hand up in a moment and I'll see it. I'm going to count to three. In a moment, I'm going to simply ask you to respond by placing your hand up. And as you do, I'm going to to see it and we're going to cheer you down, and we're going to lead you through a short prayer. So right now, I'm going to ask you this. Do you want a relationship with Jesus Christ today? If that's you, on the count of three, one, two, three. Just place your hand straight up, and I'll see it. And we'll acknowledge it. Is there anyone, anyone saying here today, Pastor, Mick, include me in that prayer of salvation? I am lost. I need to find my way back. I see that little hand down the back end. That's a beautiful little hand. Is there anyone else? <clears throat> I see another hand. Is there anyone else? I don't, I don't want to rush this, but is there anyone else before, before we move on? I see that hand today. That's a great hand. I see that hand again. I see that That's a great hand. I see that hand also right down the back there. That's a great hand. Is there anyone else? I want to claim my legacy. I want a piece of that salvation. Is there anyone else? Hey, church, why don't we give them a round of applause? Because right now, heaven is celebrating at your response, at your decision. So, so well done. So why don't we pray together? Is that okay? Why don't you say it after me? Jesus, I give my life to you. I was lost, but now I'm found by you. Please forgive me of my past. Please forgive me of my mistakes. I declare that you are my Savior. Today I receive salvation into my life. And I ask you to come into my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, why don't we give up another round of applause for those amazing responses. So well done.